Thanks for tuning in to the Link Church podcast. Link Church is located in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is committed to linking people to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. Well, good morning and happy Sunday. Pastor Jen here. I hope you're all doing well. I am so happy that you are tuned in with us this morning. We are kicking off a brand new sermon series called Something's in the Water. And as a church, we are going deeper in God. And so the Holy Spirit really impressed this upon me. So we're going to just explore this sermon series for the remainder of the month of October. And I am glad that you're here with us. Us. So I want to jump right into the word of God this morning. I want you to turn with me to second Kings chapter nine verses, um, sorry, second Kings chapter five verses nine through 14. That's what we're going to read today. Second Kings chapter five verses nine through 14. Let's see what the word of God says. It says, then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abana and the Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage and his servants came near and spoke to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more than when he says to you, wash and be clean. So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. This morning, I want to speak to you from the subject. It's not what it looks like. Let's quickly pray before we delve in. Father, I thank you this morning for your goodness and for your mercy towards us. I thank you for your grace. I am grateful, God, that as much as you are wide and as much as you are deep and as much as you are vast, you still draw us closer and closer to you. We thank you, God, that your word is going to do exactly what you have set forth for it to accomplish. We wait in anticipation in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, one thing about me, uh, I'm gonna go to the beach. Okay. (laughs) I love the beach. Now I missed out on the beach this past summer because of the pandemic. I just personally was not going to the beach during COVID, but I love the beach. Okay. And a lot of people love the beach. I'm not alone in loving the beach or at least in just loving water. A lot of people, when they say that they need to relax, when they say they need to, you know, chill, when they say they need to kind of get their mind off of things and clear their head, they tend to go where there is water because there's something refreshing and there's something soothing about water. You know, what I love about water is you can be feeling tense and really stressed. And then as soon as you get in that water, your muscles start to relax. Uh, You could be feeling overheated and really hot on a blazing summer day, but you get in that pool, you get in that ocean and all of a sudden you start to to cool off. Uh, You can feel really uptight and anxious about something. And if you have access to a jacuzzi, you get in there. And I mean, it seems like you're trying troubles just melt away in that hot tub, in that jacuzzi. And so
so there's something that so many of us love about water. Now, the other thing about water is that you can have periods in your life where you feel overwhelmed and you feel stressed and you feel distraught. And have you ever noticed that in those times when you call on Jesus, it seems like if you call on him long enough, if you press in long enough, if you stay on your knees and in your closet long enough, have you noticed that it seems like at that point in time, at that moment, all of a sudden your troubles seem to melt away. I find it interesting that in those life moments that are difficult, a lot of times you feel like you cannot breathe. Have you ever been in situations that have been so tough and so painful? You feel like you are drowning. You feel like everything around you uh, is causing you to, to slip, is causing you to lose your grip on life. Have you ever felt like everything that is going on around you is so painful that it is getting ready to pull you and to take you under? Have you ever been in a position where you feel like if you get one more announcement of bad news, if you get one more bad report from the doctor, if you lose one more friendship, if you get one more bill in the mail that you know you can't pay, that you are going to scream. It seems like life is starting to drown you. It seems like uh, the cares and the pressures of life are starting to fill your lungs. Uh, have you ever been in a position when maybe you're in natural water and you know what it feels like to get water in your nose and to get water in your mouth? Uh, it can cause you to start panicking. Uh, uh, water fills your lungs. And then on top of uh, the water just kind of catching you off guard, uh, if you're in an ocean, then you're taking in salt water. And sometimes in life, you feel like you are taking in salt water uh, because the situation that you're facing is so severe that it is salty. It is distasteful. It's too much. It's too overwhelming. And before you know it now, uh, you're paddling. You're just trying to get your head above water. And it seems like you are choking. You're choking on life. You're choking on grief. You're choking on anxiety. You're choking on depression. You're choking on stress. You're choking on so many different things, but I find it interesting that in those moments where you feel like you're drowning, where you feel like you're losing your grip, where you feel like life is getting ready to pull you under into the dark abyss of just nothingness. If you're a child of God, it's in those moments that you actually run to the living water. I find it interesting that in moments when we feel like we are drowning, we run for more water kind of goes against what would seem logical. It seems like if you're drowning and if you're being pulled under by strong currents that you would actually want to get to dry land, that you would want to get to dry ground, that you would want to get to shore. But when you're a child of God, you understand that there's something in the water. There's something in the living water that it, you know that, that even though you're drowning, this is actually just uh, the water that you need because something that you need, 
Not even necessarily something that you always want, but something that you need. The very thing that you need uh, to save your life is in that water. Something is in that water because this is the type of water that uh, the, the, the more you step into it is the more that you actually don't drown. And the more that you uh, allow yourself to familiarize uh, with that water is the more that you actually realize that you live and you don't die. There's something in this water that pulls you closer to it and pulls you deeper into it. But you find that instead of not being able to get your balance, you're able to actually put your feet on steady ground. There's something about this water and something in this water that causes you to know that even though any other water, any other ocean, any other uh, river or lake that you would swim in may cause you to actually lose your way, this water's currents are differently. They actually don't pull you away from where you need to be, but they pull you closer to where you need to be. They pull you in. Uh, they pull you into exactly where you're supposed to be at any given time because there's just something in the water. Now, we read about Naaman when we first started uh, this message. And just to give you a little bit of background on Naaman, Naaman uh, was a great man. Uh, he was very much in a position of uh, power because he was captain of the Syrian army. He was highly respected by the king of Syria, not just the king of Syria. I think he was highly respected just all around because God had through Naaman gotten the victory for the Syrians. And so he was a mighty man of war. The Bible says in certain translations that he was a mighty man of valor, but there was just one thing about Naaman that probably uh, drove him up a wall and probably tormented him. And that was the fact that Naaman was a leper. Now, I find it interesting that Naaman throughout the story is kind of moving about freely, because if you know anything about lepers, especially in these uh, ancient biblical times, you'll know uh, that lepers usually lived on their own colonies with other lepers. They, they, they were no longer uh, allowed to be in their own homes, no longer around to be, no longer allowed to be around family members and friends and uh, uh, society at large because it was such a highly contagious and also debilitating disease that to keep them from spreading this disease, uh, they had to self-isolate, right? Um, they had to uh, essentially live in quarantine. And if they were going to come out in a crowd, they had to cry, unclean, unclean. So to warn people to kind of get out of the way. And so, uh, Naaman, however, uh, he's, he's, he's a mighty man. Uh, he's a man that has great respect. Uh, he's a man that's well honored, but he has leprosy and, and leprosy was painful, not just physically, but because of all the reasons that we just mentioned, it would be also painful emotionally and mentally to know that you were basically rejected by society, that, uh, people around you now feared you because they didn't want to catch what you had. And so Naaman uh, overhears one day his wife's uh, servant girl say, man, I, I wish Naaman, I wish my master was near the prophet that's in Samaria, because then I know he'd be healed. Naaman hears this and he gets intrigued. And, and so he, he goes to the king of Syria. He's like, I got to get to the, to Israel because I hear if I get there, I can get healed. So his king writes him up these letters. And, and so he gets 
uh, he gets to um, Israel and he's actually uh, told um, to go to Elisha. Elisha the prophet says to the king of Israel, just send, send Naaman to me because he's going to know today, okay, that there is a prophet in Israel. Uh, in other words, you're going to learn today. And so Naaman now, he goes to Elisha, he goes to Elisha's house. And what Elisha does, catches Naaman off guard. Because remember, Naaman is a man of honor. He is a man of valor. He is a man that is highly respected. He is probably used to people pulling out the red carpet when he's around. Elisha's like, hey, Gehazi, go tell Naaman the, that, you know, go dip in the Jordan seven times and you're going to be healed. Naaman is offended by this because Naaman is like, okay, first of all, I know what you didn't do is stay in your house and not come out to greet me. And then secondly, not only did you not come out your house to greet me and then basically, you know, wave your hand over my leprosy and declare that I'm healed. You going to tell me to wash in the Jordan river. Now this was offensive to Naaman because the Jordan river was not really a pristine body of water. Even today, the Jordan river actually, um, except for for the part that they keep uh, gated and preserved for tourists who want to be baptized in the Jordan River or who want to see the Jordan River, the rest of the Jordan River actually gets a lot of sewage and uh, a, a lot of garbage in it to this day. They're constantly working on how to keep it uh, as clean as they possibly can. But even back then, the Jordan River was muddy. It was dirty. It was not known as a place to go relax when you're feeling stressed. And so Naaman is like, I cannot believe that I have to go and dip in that water uh, because it wasn't what it looked like. Uh, see, Elisha had received a word from God as to what Naaman should do. But Naaman was looking at the Jordan River. He was looking at the water with his natural eye. He couldn't realize that there was something in the water. He couldn't realize that it's not what it looks like. And some of us are like that today. God will give us instructions. And because the instructions don't seem like they make any kind of sense, because the instructions are offensive to our flesh, because the instructions seem like they need a little tweaking. We get upset and we want to tweak God's instructions. Um, how do I know that human beings have been struggling with this since, uh, the beginning of time almost? Well, Look at Eve struggling to follow God's instructions. Uh, look at Saul couldn't kill off all the Amalekites because he wanted to tweak God's instructions. Look at Jonah thought he was going to kind of reroute his trip because clearly uh, God's instructions needed tweaking. Why? Because it wasn't what it looked like. And so Naaman now is getting ready to miss his blessing because he doesn't realize that there is something in the water. He doesn't realize that even though that water looks unattractive and even though that water looks dirty and even though it looks illogical, if you were to step in the water, he doesn't realize that there's something in the water beyond the surface, beyond what his eye can see. And this Jordan river also reminds me of the living water, because if you really think about it, when Jesus was walking on the earth, there wasn't really anything special about him physically that would make you think that this was somebody that I want to follow just based on how he looks. It's not somebody that I want to follow just based on how he dresses. Even in the old Testament, we're told that there's going to be no beauty that we should desire him. Then when you get to the new Testament, 
and uh, uh, Judas is getting ready to betray Jesus. The reason why he had to betray him with a kiss is so that they could actually pick him out and make sure that they got the right Jew. Why? Because he would have looked like everybody else. He would have blended in with everybody else. Hey, but for the ones who followed Jesus, they were able to see beyond what he looked like. They were able to see that, hey, I'm following this guy because there's something in this water. I'm following this guy because he's not what he looks like. I'm following this guy because he looks like he's just the lamb. But if you get into him, you'll realize he's also the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hey, there's something in this water and I'm following this guy because he looks like he's just the son of a carpenter, that he's just the son of a, of a poor young girl. But really, he's actually the king of kings. If you look at his birthplace, you'll see that he was only born in a stable. But if you get into that living water, you'll see that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You'll see that everything in this earth and in this universe belongs to him. And so that is why it's the people that align themselves with Jesus Christ back then and the people that align themselves with Jesus Christ now get exactly what they need because they realize there's something in the water and it's not what it looks like. He's not necessarily what he looks like. But if you look at only the water at the surface, you might miss what you need and you'll not realize that there's something in the water. And so Naaman does not want to dip in this water because it's not pristine, it's not blue, it's not clear, it's not comfortable, it's murky and it's yucky. It may have even had um, an odor coming from it because of all of the, the, the things that made it not clean. Uh, but it's Naaman's sermon, uh, servants who say, well, listen, master, if the prophet had asked you to do something great, wouldn't you have done it? I mean, why not just go dip in the Jordan seven times and get your healing? And so Naaman is like, okay, all right. I guess I'll go. Uh, and so what happens now is that Naaman goes into the Jordan River against his better judgment, against what his flesh tells him. He probably uh, didn't want to be seen anywhere near that water because not only was it dirty, but he probably knew that other people thought it was dirty. And he probably didn't want people saying, what is this man doing Dipping in this Jordan, in that, in that Naaman from Syria, what is he doing dipping in this water? He didn't have anywhere else to go. So many reasons, but, but, but Naaman's servants are right. They're like, listen, you need to just listen to, to what is being uh, told to you. You need to just listen to what's being uh, said to you. You need to go get your healing. Cause at this point, okay, you have leprosy. So he goes and he dips in the water seven times. And Naaman realizes 
when he comes up the seventh time, that if you could ever get past what the water looks like, you'd be shocked at what is there lying beneath the surface. Uh, because with Naaman, you see, uh, he goes in uh, after time one and he's probably looking and saying, see, there's still no change. And his servants are like, nah, master, you got to dip again. And he dips again. And the second time he's like, this is ridiculous. My leprosy is still there. Uh, uh, I, all right, I'm a head out. You know, like that SpongeBob meme. He's like, all right, I'm a head out. They're like, no, sir, stay in there. So he goes down the third time, comes up nothing, goes down the fourth time, comes up nothing. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to do this today. Okay. And he's like, it's been four times close enough to seven. I'm about to get up out of this Jordan, get up out of this town. And I am just going to deal with it. And they're like, sir, you got three more times to go. And so he goes in the fifth time and comes up and no change goes in the sixth time comes up and no change. But there's something about the seventh time. There's something about obeying God to a T there's something about going into the water fully and a hundred percent. There's something about this seventh time that's getting ready to shift Naaman's life in a way that he has not been shifted before. So he dips and goes in that seventh time into that dirty, filthy, murky water, into that water that probably didn't smell good, into that water that probably didn't feel good, into that water that he's saying, I can't believe I got myself into this situation. This is not what I expected. But the seventh time is when the shift happens because the seventh time is when he's fully committed. The seventh time is when he's all the way in. The seventh time is when he really goes deeper. And when he comes up out of that Jordan River, when he comes up out of that water, what does the Bible tell us? That he's healed of his leprosy, he's made clean, and that his skin becomes like that of a little child. I can't imagine uh, the amazement that Naaman had on his face that day. I can't imagine how much he was rejoicing at the time where he sees that he comes up out of the water that seventh time and he's healed. I can imagine how much Naaman said, Oh my gosh, there's something in this water. What is it about this water that made me so clean? What is it about this water that made me whole? What is it about this water that has shifted me? What is it about this water that has no longer made me toxic to the people that I have to live with? That has no longer made me toxic to the people that I interact with. What is it about this water? And I believe his servants probably looked at him and laughed. Elisha, probably knowing what's going on at the time, is also laughing and saying, oh, what happened is there's something in the water and it wasn't what it looked like. Name it. It looked like what you were doing was futile. It looked like what you were doing was nonsense, but we all knew that if you could just get all the way in the water, you'd get your healing. The first couple times he dipped, he might've kind of gone like this and gone like that. But by the seventh time he was like, it's all or nothing. And when he went in, he came up brand new because there's something in the water. There's something in the water that you can't experience unless you get in. People who go to the beach, who go to the ocean, have different experiences based on how far they go into the water. If you just stay at the water's edge, if you just stay on the shore, 
and you just dip your foot in and, and, and then that's it. You, you put your hand in and you pull it out and you know, right foot in, you put your right. Okay. No. All right. Let me, that's, let's not, it's not, has nothing to do with this, but, but people who just kind of put their left hand in their right hand in, put their feet in and say, Hey, that's enough. That person could easily walk away and be like, there's nothing special about that water. Put my hands and my feet in nothing. Then the person that actually goes for a swim has a different experience because they're engulfed by this water. Now, now they're in the water and they're starting to see all of the different qualities of the water. They're getting to experience all of the different benefits of the water. They're getting to enjoy all that the water has to offer them. And so when they get out of the water, they say to the person who only dipped uh, just a little bit that I don't know what you are talking about, but I went in that same water you went in, but because I was fully submerged in it, I realized there was something something in that water. Scuba divers know that best. That's why they get all suited up. And that's why they go deep into water. Cause they know that for those of us who stay at the surface, we're not going to see all the treasures and all the beauty that is underneath that is deep in the water. That's why scuba divers say y'all can keep the surface swimming. If y'all want, I'm going deep. Cause when I go down in the water, I'm going to see things that I never saw saw before. When I go down in the water, I'm going to experience life the way I never saw it before. When I go deep down into the water, I am going to get to, to see everything in its splendor. I'm going to get to experience all the water has to offer. I get a new revelation of the water when I go deep into it. I get a new experience of the water when I go deep into it. And then when I come up out of the water, I have a different perspective perspective on life because I know what it's like to go deep. Scuba divers go deep because they know and they trust and they believe that the only way to really live this life is to go deep into water because there's something in that water. There's just something that they get that we do not get. They have learned this. And so now I believe that God is saying the same thing to us. I need you to go deep into the water because I need you to see things that I'm not going to show everybody. Hallelujah. I'm not going to show you things that uh, people on the shore see. They're going to see me just at a surface level. I need you to see me at a deep level. So I need you to go uh, deep into the water. Uh, I'm going to allow you to hear certain sounds that uh, of my voice and hear certain sounds as it relates to my instructions. I'm going to let you hear certain sounds that can't be heard on the surface. They've got to be heard beneath the surface because you got to go in the water because there's something in the water. Uh, even the Dead Sea, they say, has healing properties, but you're you're not going to get those healing properties. If you stay on the shore, you've got to go in the water. Why? Because there's something in the water, something about water, something about water, something about water, and not just any water. There's something in the water not just any body of water. High glory to God. This is why Naaman couldn't dip in just any body of water because those were, uh, that would have been a body of water over here and a body of water over there, but he had to get in the water. It makes a difference what water you're going into. But when you go into that living water, you realize that there is more to God than sometimes meets the eye. And so now Naaman Naaman realizes that there's something about this water that's powerful. 
You know, what I love about the Jordan River is that uh, it wasn't just used in this story. There are so many instances in the Bible where we see the Jordan River. If you look in the New Testament, this is where Jesus was baptized, which is why so many people today, when they visit um, Israel, they, they want to go in the Jordan River. Okay. Um, because they want to be baptized in the same body of water where our savior was baptized. Uh, but there's other instances uh, where the Jordan river was used. And it lets me know that there was something mm, glory to God, something in the water for God to keep using this water over and over again. It's not just by coincidence. It's not just by happenstance. God is not a random God at all. God is not a God that is arbitrary. God is not a God that is haphazard. He has a purpose for everything that he does. And so he wants us to see that there is something in this water. What is it about the Jordan river? That's so powerful. What is it about this water? That's so uh, mysterious. Uh, sometimes what is it about this water that is so necessary? Well, first of all, if you look at the Jordan river, you will see that this body of water is a place of transition. That is one of the things that we can pull out from the Jordan river. How do we know it's a, it's a, it's a place of transition because uh, God allowed Joshua to take the children of Israel into the promised land. They crossed the Jordan river. And so it is a place of transition. This water is a place where you go from a uh, promise to manifestation. It is a place where you go from a bondage to a place of freedom. It is a place that allows you to go uh, from frustration to peace because they'd been wandering in the wilderness and they'd been frustrated and they'd been uh, uh, confused and, and they'd been sad. Uh, but now God says, I promised you this land flowing with milk and honey and the way to get there is through the Jordan River because there's something in the water. I got to take you through the water in order for you to get to your promise. And see, some of us don't manifest the promises of God because we don't want to get all the way in the water. We want to just be on the surface. We want to stay on the shoreline and put a hand in here and a hand in there. But no, God is saying absolutely not. You got to get in this water. And so the Jordan River, first and foremost, is a place of transition. Next, what we see is that the uh, Jordan River uh, is a place of miracles. Uh, yes, because see, uh, there was another instance in the Old Testament where we see a floating axe head. I don't know about you, but I've never seen an ax head float in water. Usually when something is heavy and you throw it in water, it's going to sink to the bottom. I don't care if it's an ax head. I don't care if it's, um, weight. I don't care what it is. You take any body of water and you put something extremely heavy in it. It's not going to float. It's going to sink, but there's something in this water that causes heavy things to, to float. There's something in this water that causes, uh, heavy things to, to be able to just stay at the surface. That's, that's why you got to get in the water. That's why we know that there's something in the water because it reminds me of us. Sometimes we are so heavy and sometimes we are so burdened and sometimes we are so, uh, just crushed by the issues of life that if we go and tell a person what we're dealing with, if we go and we share with somebody, 
what we're experiencing. Sometimes we go to them and we're just going to sink because they can't hold us up. But there's something in this water that heavy things are thrown in it. And instead of those things sinking, the water actually holds it up. There's something in this water that causes things that should uh, be destroyed and lost in the water to actually stay afloat and to not lose their way and to not lose their place and to not lose their balance. That's why when you're heavy, you've got to go in the water because there's something in the water that even when it seems like the floods of life are overtaking you, you will float in the flood. Don't believe me? Ask Noah. You will float in the flood. Everybody else is drowning. Everybody else is sinking. Everybody else is dying. Everybody else is perishing, but not you because you're in the water because you're in the water and you realize there's something in the water and you float in the flood. You float in frustration. You float in trouble. You float in pain. You float in despair because there's something in the water. So it's a place of transition. Jordan River, place of miracles. Uh, hey, but that's not everything. It's also a place of transformation because we see how Naaman is transformed when he comes up out of that water the seventh time. It lets me know that this water is special. There's something in this water because a man uh, with leprosy goes down in this water seven times and yet he comes up clean, but the water stays the same. What does that let us know? There's something in this water that has the ability to come into contact with sin and yet not become sinful. There's something in this water that causes it to come in contact with things that are contaminated, yet the water itself does not become any more toxic. There is something in this water that allows it to come in contact with people that have all kinds of ailments and diseases, and yet this water never becomes ill. There's something in this water. There's an uncanny power in this water. There's an unusual anointing in this water. There's an inexplicable authority in this water. And you too can have access to it if you would only get in and if you would only go deep because it's not what it looks like. I know it looks murky. I know it looks uncomfortable. I know it looks dirty. But if you can get past what it looks like and get into the water, you will see that there's something, something, something in this water. Oh yes, some of you, some of you can relate to being sick and it seems like you cannot be healed. Maybe not even physically sick, but heart sick, mentally unstable. Some of you are unstable in other areas of your life and you're wondering why God do I keep going through the same cycles? Why God am I not experiencing a breakthrough? Why, Lord, am I not experiencing a, a life that I see others experiencing? And God is saying it's because you don't realize what is really in the water. You look at me, your savior, and all you see me is as a God that just has all of these hard rules and a God that just wants to come down hard on you and judge you harshly. But if you were to ever get really into me, you would see how much I'm loving. You would see how much I'm caring. You would see how much I have the cure for every disease. You would see how much I have the strategy to heal every relationship. You would see how much I have the ability to regulate every 
unstable mind, you would see how I have the keys and the access to your freedom, the access to your anointing, the access to your promised land. I have everything you need, but you are missing it because you refuse to go and dip in water that you think doesn't look the way you want it to look, that you think doesn't smell the way you want it to smell, that you think doesn't make any sense. But if you're going to go deep in God, you've got to get rid of logic and you've got to get rid of seeing with your natural eye. You've got to see with your spiritual eye. And I believe that there is somebody on this live or somebody on this replay that needs to be reminded that there's something in the water. Why are we calling this series something's in the water? Because everybody needs something different. But what I can get to you is that no matter what you stand in need of, it's in the water. You're saying, yeah, Jen, but you don't know what kind of demons that I've been struggling with. I don't care what kind of demons you've been struggling with. The deliverance from demons, it's in the water. Yeah, Jen, but you don't know how many years I've been sick. It doesn't matter because the healing that you need, it's in the water. Yeah, Jen, but you don't know some of the things that I go through at home that if people knew about it, they would be shocked. I don't care what you're going through at home because what you need, it's in the water. Something's in the water for you. Something is in the living water for you. Something is in the name of Jesus for you. Are you get staying away from your Jordan river today simply because it doesn't make sense to you? Then you need to get around some of Naaman's servants. You need to get around some people who will tell you, you have nothing to lose at this point. You have everything to gain at this point. You need to go ahead and dip in that water. And guess what? Don't just dip in a finger. Don't just dip in a toe. Get all the way in there. Get completely submerged. The number seven is the number of completion. Naaman, had to completely dip in that water, completely be submerged in that water in order to see a shift. If you want to shift in your life, you've got to go all the way in the water. Don't underestimate this water because of what it looks like. I believe there is somebody today that God wants to save but you're allowing your shame, your guilt, your stubbornness, your pride, whatever it is to keep you from going all the way in. And one thing I can tell you about God that I know personally is that he is an all or nothing God. You're either gonna do it his way or you're not. And so you're either gonna go all the way in the water and go deep or you're not. And he wants you to go deep today. He wants you to get all the way in the water. He wants you to stop by your Jordan River and go all the way in. If that's you and you're like, I know I've been putting off salvation. I know I've been putting off surrendering to God. I am tired of life the way I'm currently living it. And so at this point, I'm just going to surrender. I'm just going to dip however many times I need to dip. I'm going to go into that water because I realize there's something in that water that I've never experienced before. There's something in that water that I've never uh, seen before. If you know that's you and you want to give your life to Christ, request prayer so that we can pray with you as you start this new chapter at this new life in Christ. And maybe you're already saved, but you still need prayer because you've been staying away from the water 
been staying away from the water, scared to get all the way in, nervous to get all the way in because you're, you're, you're anxious about what's going to be required of you if you get all the way in. I tell you this, once you get all the way in the water, not only will you realize that something's in the water, which is what you need, but there's also going to be help in the water to get you through to your purpose, to get you through to your promised land, to get you through uh, to your calling and, and your anointing. Something's in the water. It's not what it looks like. There's actually something in there if you swim and dive and dig a little bit deeper. Before we get out of here today, I'm gonna to pray for all of us. I am going to pray for all of us. And so I just ask you and I invite you and encourage you to join me in prayer. Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you for reminding us, God, that there is something in the water, mighty God. Lord, so many of us have been staying away from our Jordan River because we have been afraid of what it looks like. God, some of us look at our Jordan River and it just looks too murky, it looks too muddy, it doesn't look clear, doesn't look logical that you would want us to step into this, but God, you are saying step in because there's something in the water. God, remind us today that you want us to go deep, that you want us to dig deep, that you want us to get below the surface and not just know you on a surface level, but know you on an intimate level. And we can't know you on that intimate level if we don't start going deep. God, give somebody the strength today to go all the way in. God, it is a lie from the enemy that we can know you on the surface and be okay. We've got to know you intimately. We've got to know you deeply. We've got to know you in a way that we've not discovered you before. We rebuke the voice of the enemy right now that is telling somebody that it's okay to know God on the surface. God, there is so much more for us to get. There are maybe a few things on the shoreline, but God, if we ever could go deep in the water, there's so many other treasures that you have for us. There's so many other uh, blessings that you have for us. There's so much more anointing and power to get through this thing called life that you have for us. If we would only realize that there's something in the water, help us to remember that today, God. Some people have a fear of the water. Some people have a fear of the water because they've experienced water before and they almost drowned. They've experienced water before and they felt like they were going to lose it. They've experienced water before, but help them to know that they've not experienced this water. They've not experienced this living water. They've not yet experienced you and you are the water God that is going to help them to float even while they're digging deep. What a mighty God you are. I thank you, God, that you are touching the lives of your children everywhere through this word. And we believe, God, that somebody is going deeper in their Jordan River. They're looking beyond the surface with their spiritual eyes to see that there is something in this water. And what is in this water cannot be explained. It can only be experienced. So we thank you, God, that somebody is delving into that water, diving into that water today and digging deep. I thank you for what you're doing in our lives, for how you're molding us and for how you're shaping us. We give you all glory, honor, and praise in Jesus name. Amen. Oh my God. What, what, what an awesome reminder from God today that something's in the water and we just got to dive in. Don't fear it, y'all. Don't be afraid of it. Go all the way in. I promise you it's better than anything you'll ever experience on the shore.
We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. For more information about Link Church, you can visit us on the web at www.linkchurchnc.org.